morning. This Sunday we have the Lord's Supper uh, as our Bible story. It's also called Monday Thursday. The word Monday comes from the Latin mondo, which means uh, commandment, and uh, could refer either to the fact that Jesus told his disciples, a new commandment I give to you that you love one another, uh, or to the Lord's Supper itself, which of course is a, a new commandment that we are supposed to do. And even though it's a commandment, it's something that we gladly uh, rejoice to do regularly. Um, long gospel in this account is pretty straightforward. Uh, our sins caused the death of Christ, but even on the verge of his death, Jesus, Jesus, what Jesus cares about is giving, giving his forgiveness, giving his love to us, starting this Lord's Supper as a gift to us. And so we see uh, that even as he's about to die, his thoughts, his concerns is for his disciples and for us. Uh, the the evangelist John uh, begins the account of Monday Thursday and, and the events to follow with the with the words, having loved his own, he loved them to the end. And what a beautiful sentiment and, and way of summarizing up what Jesus was thinking about and, and cared about even as he was about to go to his death. Luke uh, chapter uh, tw chapter 22, verses 1 to 23 is uh, the reading that we're using. And you notice in uh, verse 7, uh, Luke begins uh, the Lord's Supper, uh, the giving of the Lord's Supper with the, the day, when the day of unleavened bread came, when the Passover lamb had to be sacrificed. So this is on the, the verge of the celebration of the Passover meal. And uh, the Passover meal, of course, was a commemoration of what God had done for the people of Israel uh, when he led them out of Egypt, when he freed them from, from Egypt. And they were supposed to uh, sacrifice the, the lamb and put the blood of the lamb on the doors, and the blood of the lamb saved them from death. Uh, whoever had the blood of the lamb on the door, uh, the angel of death passed over that house and did not kill the firstborn. But wherever there was no blood of the lamb, then... Uh, the death was brought to that house. The firstborn of, of that family was was killed by the angel of death. And so the Passover was a commemoration, a remembering of what God had done for them in Egypt. But of course, it was also looking forward to the coming of Christ and what he would do for us. Uh, the, the entirety of the Passover event was both looking back and looking forward. Unfortunately, many of the Jews were only looking back uh, they didn't recognize in that Passover the the prediction, the, the looking forward to what Christ would do for us and, and for them. But uh, there's many, many similarities purposely drawn uh, between the Passover event and Christ, of course. Uh, so this takes place on the very day when the lamb was to be chosen for that Passover meal. Um we have to remember that the, the Jewish concept of the day began at sundown. So uh, a new day begins for us at midnight. You remind the kids, like, okay, if you wake up at 3 in the morning or if you wake up at 4 in the morning, uh, even though normally you'd be sleeping, well, that's a, a new day, the beginning of a new day, of course. But for the Jews, the new day began uh, as soon as the sun went down. Well, then, now that's the beginning of the next day. And so... Um, this is, of course, because in 
Genesis, in Genesis chapter 1, when God created the heavens and the earth, it says the evening and the morning were the first day. Uh, so the order of events there, seems, uh, the evening begins the new day in Genesis, and even the very first day begins with uh, evening and night, and then morning and the rising of the sun and the light uh, is the second half of the day. And so that was the, the Jewish concept of, of a day. And so all the events of uh, the Lord's Supper, the trial of Jesus, uh, the death of Jesus, all take place in one day. Uh, what uh, the Jews would, well, they wouldn't have called it Friday, but uh, their Friday day began then with the evening of, of Thursday. Uh, and this is the day that the Passover lamb was supposed to be chosen uh, and was was supposed to be sacrificed. And then it was actually supposed to be eaten, uh, what we would call Friday evening, and what the Jews would think of as um, the beginning of Saturday. So uh, there's much... Uh, discussion among different people uh did why is jesus eating the passover here uh what we call thursday evening what would the jews would have thought of as you know the beginning of friday that seems to be a day early from everything that we could tell and so uh, especially later on when we have the crucifixion of jesus uh, and jesus body is hanging on the cross uh, the jewish leaders of course go to pilate they want the the body taken down off the cross before uh, the beginning of Saturday, which was, again, Friday Friday evening at the setting of the sun. So what we would call Friday evening was the beginning of Saturday for them, uh, before the beginning of their Passover celebration. And so it does seem like uh, Jesus, knowing that he was about to die, well, he celebrates the Passover uh, maybe a day earlier. But this was the day in which the lamb was to be chosen. And of course, here we see the choosing, oh, sorry, the lamb was to be chosen on Sunday, Palm Sunday. This was the day the lamb was to be sacrificed and the blood was to be put on the door uh, back in the original Passover event. Uh, and so we see the sacrifice of Jesus uh, taking place on that same day. So Jesus, knowing he's about to die, greatly desires to celebrate the Passover. Uh, so you might ask your students, well, what, what would you really want to do if you knew that today was going to be your last day, that today you were going to, to die? Uh, the thing that Jesus really wanted, greatly desired, he says, I've greatly desired to celebrate this Passover with you, he says to his disciples. The thing that Jesus really wanted was to celebrate the Passover. And in that, he showed both his keeping that first first and third commandment, uh, worship the Lord your God and love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul. Uh, he wanted, he, he desired uh, to to do this thing uh, that God had commanded, but also his love for his disciples. It was uh, an important event, um, not only for worship, but also to come together with his disciples and to establish this gift to us, this giving of the Lord's Supper. Uh, Jesus is the Passover lamb, uh, just as the, the Jews were to sacrifice the lamb on this on this day, uh, in preparation for eating the Lord's Supper, uh, Jesus is sacrificed for us. The, the, the Bible, of course, refers to Jesus as our Passover lamb uh, many different times. It's the first thing, pretty much, that we hear about Jesus when he began his ministry. John the Baptist saw Jesus coming and said, Behold the Lamb of God. Uh, and that John was 
making reference specifically to this day, to the Passover, uh, the Lamb of God who takes upon himself, the, who carries, who bears the sins of the world. And so uh, he is the lamb that God shows. Uh, you know, in the Passover celebration, the, the Israelites were supposed to choose a lamb uh, who would die for them, right? There, he, the blood of the lamb would be spread on the doorpost to, to, so the lamb died instead of them. Uh, and this is the lamb that, that God has chosen for us, John 1, 29. Isaiah 53, 7 reminds us that he was like a lamb led to slaughter. Again, making that connection between the Passover lamb and Jesus. Revelation 5, 12, worthy is the lamb who was slain. 1 Corinthians 5, 7, Christ, our Passover lamb, uh, has been sacrificed. So this connection between the Passover between the Lord's Supper, uh, between the Passover lamb, and between Jesus is one that is just talked about constantly throughout Scripture. Uh, the Passover was the, the key central event of the religious life of the Israelites, and of course the central event of, of our life and of our religious life is this event, Jesus' death for us. Uh, and so everything, everything in Scripture centers around this one thing, that Jesus is our Passover lamb who died for us. The Passover uh, in the Old Testament, uh, the Jewish tradition, as was commanded by God, involved gathering together, it involved eating, and it also involved teaching. In the Old Testament, God had given specific instructions in, in the way that the Passover was to be celebrated, and part of it was uh, the teaching about what happened and a reminder of uh, our sin and, and the things that were to come. Uh, and so it wasn't just a holiday. It wasn't just a day to, to get together and celebrate, uh, but it was an important event uh, to remind the people of Israel what God had done for them and what he would do for them. And we see Jesus following this same pattern. Uh, he comes together with his disciples to celebrate the Lord's Supper, but also to teach them and to give them this new teaching. Uh, he takes the old Passover and he remakes it into a New Testament event. Uh, he takes something that looked forward to his coming and makes it something that reminds us of, of what he did for us, uh, the Lord's Supper. So what is it that Jesus teaches us in the Lord's Supper? Uh, everything that uh, Jesus is trying to teach us is really summar summarized up in those simple words that he says to his disciples, this is my body, this is my blood given for you. Uh, the word is, is is repeated numerous times in this section. It really emphasizes that Jesus isn't simply making an analogy. It's not just he saying this is like or this reminds me of it, but it is truly present. Uh, Christ's body and blood are truly present. They're there in and under the bread and the wine. They're there in a way that we can't see or understand, uh, but they are most certainly there. We receive his, his body and blood. Uh, this is my body and blood given for you. Uh, the, the given for you reminds us that we are sinners. Otherwise, Jesus would not have needed to die for us. Uh, it reminds us that Jesus did die giving his life for us, that he is the Passover lamb whose blood uh, is spread and, and because of whose blood we do death passes over us, just like it, it passed over the Old Testament believers because of the lambs that they killed. Uh, and given for you also reminds us then that Jesus died for us uh, to give us the forgiveness of sins so that in the Lord's Supper we receive Christ's body and blood and we also actually receive uh, that most precious gift, the forgiveness of sins. 
The words of the Lord's Supper are a reminder uh, of that sacrificial language given for you, uh, just as the sacrifices and, and the lambs uh, in the Old Testament were given for the people. And in fact, Matthew, of course, explicitly says, poured out for you, uh, which was which was religious language often used uh, in reference to, to the sacrifices of the Old Testament, the blood being poured out upon the altar, or also there was such a thing as what they called a drink offering, uh, when you offered uh, to God uh, different types of liquid and they were poured out uh, on the altar before the Lord. Uh, so Jesus Jesus was was poured out for our forgiveness. Uh, Galatians 1.4, he gave himself for our sins. And 1 Timothy 2.6, Jesus gave himself as a ransom for us all. Uh, so the, the sacrificial language there is very present both in the Lord's Supper and in uh, those places where the New Testament talks about that sacrifice. We remember that the sacrifice, animal sacrifices were such an important part of the religious life of believers from the very beginning, from from almost from the very day when Adam and Eve sinned. Uh, God sacrificed animals for Adam and Eve to, to cover them, to cover up uh, their nakedness, uh, and then thus symbolically to cover up their sin. And from that point on, uh, sacrifices were key, were, were the key component of religious life. Uh, Cain and Abel, of course, brought sacrifices to God uh, as a reminder of that fact that we are sinners who, who need our sin covered up. So for 4,000 years from the time of Adam until the time of Christ, uh, the sacrifice was the central event of the religious life of the believers. And yet now, of course, we don't do that. Uh, we have uh, no sacrifices in our service. Why is it that we have no sacrifices in our service? And the answer, of course, is because uh, the sacrifices of the Old Testament were a reminder, a looking forward to the coming of Christ. Those sacrifices have been fulfilled completely in Christ. And so instead of sacrificing in our church services, uh, sacrifices which can accomplish nothing uh, and which are unnecessary because of Christ's sacrifice, we receive and celebrate the Lord's Supper instead, which reminds us of the sacrifice that he made and gives to us the benefits of that sacrifice, the forgiveness of sins. Jesus tells us that we are to do this in remembrance of him. Uh, and so the Lord's Supper is a remembrance, a looking back at what Christ did, but it's also looking forward, just like the Passover uh, was both a looking back and a looking forward, looking back to the to the, <clears throat> the events of what led to the children of Israel being brought out of Egypt and out of slavery and also looking forward to the coming of the Messiah. Uh, so the Lord's Supper is a looking back. It's a fulfillment of that Passover celebration. It's a reminder of God's sacrifice, Christ's sacrifice for us. It's also a looking forward to the celebration, the, fe the feast that we will receive in God's kingdom. And Jesus tells his disciples that he will not eat uh, of this bread or drink of this cup again until uh, he eats and drinks it with them in the kingdom of God. Uh, and so he reminds us that the time is coming when he will return and take us uh, to be with him in heaven. And at that time, we will celebrate the, the Feast of the Lamb as we like to sing during the Easter celebration. Uh, we we sing that, that song celebrating and looking forward to the the feast of the Lamb, which will be ours. And so the Lord's Supper, even as it did fulfill 
of the Old Testament Passover will itself be fulfilled in the coming of Christ's kingdom and in the final fulfillment of all things uh, in that, that final festal celebration, that marriage supper of the Lamb. And so the celebration of the Lord's Supper is for us a reminder of God's promises to us, his promises of the forgiveness of sins and uh, the life that he promised to give to us. And it's a reminder to God of his promises as well. So we, we look back to the account of the flood, and after the flood, you remember God put the, the rainbow in the sky, and he says to Moses, or sorry, to Noah, he says to Noah that this rainbow is a, a reminder, a covenant, a promise that he will never again destroy the earth with water. But God also goes on to tell to tell Noah that when he, God, sees the rainbow, it will be a reminder to him, to God, uh, of his promise to Noah. Of course, God doesn't forget. Uh, he doesn't uh, need those reminders, but he likes to have those reminders, and he likes it when we take hold of those promises and we remind him of his promises. He likes it when we remember his promises and cling to them in faith and bring his own words, his own promises back to him saying, God, you promised this. And we are doing that in the Lord's Supper. In the Lord's Supper, we re, he, we are reminded of his promises, uh, the sacrifice of his son and the, and the promises that come with it of, of life. And we are bringing those promises and laying them at, a feet, at the feet of God and saying, God, you promised this, now fulfill that promise that you have given to us. And so the Lord's Supper is a reminder of God's promises to us. It's also a thing that we bring to God uh, to remind him of his promises and to receive the, the fulfillment of those promises, the forgiveness of sins. Lord's blessings on your Sunday school lesson on Sunday. Uh, and as always, uh, feel free to call me or email me if you have any questions. Take care.